Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Also some, some good things, I'm sure that happened. Um, because the bad thing for us was that because all the travel was cancelled, it meant that we didn't get to go overseas and do any missions trips. Uh, but the good thing was is that uh, it meant that we had uh, enough money to upgrade our, our car. And so uh, at the start of the year, last year, we had a grey Subaru Forester. And then at the end of the year, we had a grey Subaru Forester. So we upgraded, we got basically exactly the same car. Uh, but there was some differences. There's some differences on the sort of the technology and the safety features on the inside of the car. Uh, and so it has fancy things like you don't have to ever turn on the headlights. It just automatically puts the lights on when you need it and puts high beams up when you, you need it. Same with the windscreen wipers. You never have to turn them on. It just comes on and goes at exactly the right speed for what you need for, um, you know, when the rain comes and uh, has this other technology that as you're driving along the road, if you're, uh, you know, veering to the right or to the left, it actually steers you back onto the road, keeps you, keeps you driving, driving straight. And also has this uh, feature called adaptive cruise control. So I don't know if you've heard of that feature before, but basically, um, you know how cruise control works ordinarily. You set it at 50 or at 110 or when Jacob's not listening, you might go a little bit faster, uh, depending on where you are. But basically what happens is you're driving along at your set speed, but then the adaptive cruise control, if, for, uh, for example, you're going at 100 and there's a car in front of you that's doing 80, the adaptive cruise control locks on to what they are doing. It, it adapts your speed to match the car in front of you. So when they brake, you brake. When they accelerate, you accelerate. And it just keeps you a safe distance without me having to touch the pedals or worry about doing anything. And uh, so we'd only had this car for a couple of weeks and I was wanting to you know, test out this adaptive cruise control. And uh, we had to drive down to uh, Currency Creek to pick up uh, Lola, our new, our new puppy. And so we're there and we're, we're sort of, you know, getting ready. We're all excited. We're, we're driving down to pick her up. And so I put the adaptive cruise control on. Um, but for those that have been on those roads before, you know that the other side of Strath, that the road gets a little bit windy. And I thought, I don't need to worry about braking or doing anything because there's a car, it's going slower. I just, I've got the adaptive cruise control on. It's just going to mirror uh, whatever this car in front does. Anyway, so we're driving along for a few minutes uh, like that. And uh, Belinda turns to me and she goes, why are you driving so badly? <laughs> and I said, it, it's, it's not me. It's the, it's the car in front. And she said, well, stop it. It's making me sick. But I think that a lot of us kind of went through 2020 with that adaptive cruise control on, that we were just letting the world, the enemy, our flesh set the pace of our life. Tell us when we can break, when we can accelerate, when we can do different things. And it has ended up making us sick. Because we, you know, gave control over to these other things. We let the situations and circumstances of life dictate when and how and where we were going to do things. We took our hands off the wheel, so to speak. So as we begin 2021, I want to challenge us to hear again the, the cry, the, the call that, that Jesus gave to his disciples right at the very start of his ministry. He said simply this in Matthew 4.19. He said, come and follow me and I'll transform you. And I don't know about you, but I tried to transform myself in 2020 and 2019 and 2018, but it didn't seem 
to work. I couldn't seem to work out the way to, to transform myself. But in this passage, what Jesus is saying, it, it's not about trying harder. It's actually just about following closer. But making sure that the one that we're locked onto, the one that we are following is Christ and that he's the one setting the agenda. He's the one setting the pace. He's the one telling us when to break, when to accelerate, when we can do things and when we, when we can't do things. That he is not going to make us sick with the pace of life that he sets, with the things that, that he does if we follow him. And of course, that sounds good in theory, but we kind of all know that in practice it's a lot harder, isn't it? And I think the reason that it's, it's harder is because there's three things that are stopping us from following close behind Jesus, from locking on to Him and following in His footsteps. And those three things are simply, I can't feel Him, I can't see Him, I can't hear Him. And we've probably all experienced one of those at least one time throughout our 2020. So how can we make sure that we can feel, see, and hear him through our 2021? Well, let's start with point one. Uh, I can't feel him. And to answer that, we're going to go back to that passage in Matthew 4. And this time we're going to read it in context, starting at verse 18. It says, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he noticed two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk, and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. And now, of course, when we read this passage, we kind of read it on the other side of the cross. We know now who Jesus is. And so we kind of read that and it sort of makes sense to us. Of course, we would want to follow Jesus because that's what we want to do. That's why we're here today. We're, we're trying to follow after Jesus. So, of course, that passage makes sense. Of course, you would drop everything and go after him. But let's just stop for a moment and let's just walk a, walk a mile in Peter and Andrew's shoes. Let's think about how things were from their perspective. So they lived in Galilee, and in Galilee at the time, every kid had a dream job for when they grew up, and it was the same for every kid. Every kid, when they got to the age of 12, wanted to be chosen by a rabbi to be a rabbi. But Peter and Andrew were not chosen. You see, there was these tests and different things that they had to do at age 12. And only if you were smart enough, only if you were good enough, only if you were acceptable enough, were you chosen by a rabbi to become a rabbi. But they're fishermen. So it means that they were deemed too dumb. They were deemed not good enough for the job that they wanted to do. Now, we don't know about Andrew, but we do know that Peter was married. He was old enough to be married. We also don't hear any talk of his dad being out fishing. So for him, fishing was part of his life. It was part of his livelihood. It, it was his identity. It was everything that he had then taken on board. And so in that moment, when Jesus comes and says, I want you to give up everything that you know, all of your identity, all who you are, all your responsibilities, everything, and follow me. This guy, Jesus, who he'd never seen before, he'd never met, maybe he'd heard something about him. But he's saying, I want you to leave behind your financial security, your relational security, your identity, 
and simply walk this way. And he does. He leaves everything and follows after him. And this kind of makes me think about Frank. You've heard of Frank the Disciple, Chelsea? No, haven't heard of Frank the Disciple. None of us have heard of Frank the Disciple because there might have been a Frank the Fisherman. And Jesus might have walked along the shore in the same way and offered the same thing, come follow me. But if I can have that. But Frank was standing there with his fishing net in his hand and as he held his fishing net in his hand, it not only felt like the, the rope of the, of the fishnet, it felt like security. It felt like safety. It was, it was not just a fishing net, it was a safety net for him. And so he was unwilling to just let that drop. And so it is for us. We, there's certain things that we want to feel going into to 2021, that we feel as though we need something in our hands. We feel as though we need the security that this relationship provides. We feel as though we need the security that this job, just like Peter had a job, just like it was an expectation of his family, that we too have expectations from our family placed upon us, that we feel as though we're too dumb to do the thing that we were really wanted to do, that we were really called to do, and so we're unwilling to, to drop this thing. We need to feel the weight of security in our hand, and so we're unwilling to let certain things drop. So what is it? What is your safety net? What is your security net? What, what are you holding on to? What have you been holding on to in 2020? That as Jesus walks past and says, come follow me, that you need to be willing to drop, to lay down, to lay aside, to put that thing down. And as scary as it is, when you can't feel him, when you can't feel anything to actually walk into 2021 with open hands, ready to do whatever it is that Jesus is calling you to. So our declaration number one for point one is, I won't stay still until I feel the familiar. I'll walk into 2021 with open hands. Point two, I can't see him. I can't see him. And when we were trying to work out a, a simple mission statement a few years ago for our church, we came up with this statement. We said, love God, love others, walking each step with Christ. And the aim was is that no matter how far along you are in your Christian walk, no matter how much you know or don't know about the Bible and, and God and who God is, we wanted to create this visual picture in your mind that you would say, okay, I don't know how to interpret that scripture. I don't understand you know, systematic theology and eschatology and all that kind of stuff. I don't even know what words you're saying right now. But I do know this that I can simply walk each step with Jesus, that I can just take the next step, that I don't have to know, you know, the final destination. All I have to know is where would Jesus have me take the next step? I just need to be able to see him, and with his help, I believe that I'll be able to follow him. And the reason that we wanted to say the word walk is because life is already too fast. We get so focused in our world 
on the speed of things rather than on the direction of things. You see, because it is your direction more than your speed that will ultimately determine your destination. And the faster you go, if you're not going in the right direction, it's obvious, isn't it, that the faster you go, the faster you'll veer off the path. And the further away from your destination you'll get if you're not taking that time to make sure that your direction is right. So we're not concerned about your speed. We're concerned about the direction. Are you walking in step? Not running, not sprinting, but walking in step with what God is saying, what God is doing. And I really felt that this was a word for, um, for a young person, uh, young adult today, that um, as I was preparing this message, I, I felt God say that there's someone here that is concerned about the pace that others around them are going. They're looking to the right and to the left and they're saying, well, this person is in a relationship and that person is married or getting married and I'm just here. And so I need to be concerned about the pace that my life is going. But, but God is saying to you, don't, don't be concerned about their pace. Don't be concerned about, don't be looking to the right or to the left. Don't be looking at what they're doing and saying, by this age, I need to be in a relationship. By this age, I need to be married. By this age, I need to have this many kids. By this age, I need to have this kind of job. Don't worry about the pace of your life. Worry about the direction. That if you simply take the next step with Jesus, he's saying that he will lead you further than you would ever get without him. So don't be swayed by looking to the right or to the left. I also think that too many people become sick, sick with Christianity, sick with life because they watch the line instead of watching the limitless God. Let me explain what I mean by this. Who here, is there anyone in the room that has ever driven in Asia? Ever driven in an Asian country? Yeah, I see some hands going up. So for Westerners, this can be quite a traumatic experience because we think how can we follow the rules when they aren't following the lines if you've never seen asian traffic or been there i've got a a, a short video uh, if we can just have that rolling so this may not look appealing to you this may look like chaos but it kind of also looks a little bit like your life, if you're honest, don't you? <laughs> and one of the things that I like to do is when we go to, to Cambodia, uh, sometimes I like to, when we take teams there, I like to kind of freak them out sometimes because we come up to the, to the edge of the road and we have to cross a road like that. And you kind of stand there and you, you, you stand there and you wait for a break. You wait... You wait for the traffic light to say that you can go. You're looking at the lines, but no one's following any lines. No one's following anything. And so you just, you will literally stand there on the edge, never able to step forward if you're looking at the lines, if you're waiting for the, for the green man to say that you can walk. And so what I do is I simply start to walk. I simply start to step out into the traffic because although it looks like they're not following any rules or laws they do actually follow one rule we get so focused on am i obeying the speed limit am i follow, am i inside my line am, you know is the traffic light green but what they're concerned about what they're looking at is they're actually they're not looking at the line they're looking at the other driver they're looking at the pedestrian on the road and so I know that I can actually confidently step out into the middle of traffic like that and know that I'm not going to get hit because they're watching me. And it's the same 
in our life, that we can stand on the sideline waiting for everything, waiting for a gap, waiting for things to get quiet, waiting for things to be just right before we step out in faith. But God is saying, no, I see you. I'm watching you. You can step out. You're not going to get hit because I see you and I'm calling you out. I'm calling you into your 2021. But stop watching the line and start watching the driver. And if Jesus is your driver throughout your 2021, I know things are going to go well for you. I can't guarantee that there won't be any accidents. But I do know this, twice this week I was driving and I was making sure that I was following the rules. I was, you know, doing the speed limit. I was inside my lines because my car makes sure that I stay inside the lines. But just this week, twice this week, but once was really close. There was, I was driving down Standard Street and someone came up Mile Avenue and I, I watched him and he came up and he, he looked to the, to the left, but he didn't look right and he came out and if I wasn't watching him, I would have slammed straight into him. And it wouldn't have been my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. But I still would have ended up in an accident. But I didn't because I wasn't just watching the line. I, wasn't, I was watching the driver. And I feel as though that that is a word that God wants to speak to us, that Oftentimes what happens is we, as Christians, we get so caught up in following the line. And then, like what happened in 2020, we're following the line, we're watching the line, we're, we're, we're trying to do everything right. And then, out of nowhere, something comes and slams into us, 2020. And then we can cry out to God, God... I was doing everything right. I was doing everything that you asked me to do and this still happened. But God is saying, I never asked you to follow the line. I asked you to follow me. I never asked you to look at the line. I asked you to look to me. Religious people are so obsessed with following the lines. Two Chelsea's. Can you grab this rope here? And see, we've actually made a bit of a gap down the middle of the, of the church. If one of you can stand at the front and the other take the rope down to the back, and that's going to be our line. So straight down the middle, Chelsea. This Chelsea. That Chelsea. State. Yep. Great. All right. So, religious people get so caught up in watching the line, in following the line. They say, if I, you know, everything to the right, all you people, you're the good people. You're acceptable. You're on the right side of my line. You people, sorry. You haven't, you're on the left side of the line. So you're no good. And so we spend all this time, we spend all this time watching the line, studying the line, making sure we know where the line is. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were so good at it. And then Jesus comes along and he starts to mess all that up. And we're going to read again from uh, Matthew's Gospel in chapter 5. He says, Your ancestors have been taught never commit adultery. That's the line. However, I say to you, if you look with lust in your eyes at the body of a woman who is not your wife, you've already committed adultery in your heart. If your right eye seduces you to fall in this, into sin, then go blind in your right eye. So Jesus is saying, hang on guys, you can't see. You're not seeing the forest for the trees. Stop looking at the line. Because all of a sudden Jesus comes and it's like what he's doing is he's shifting the line way to the right, isn't he? So, I don't know how you're going to do this, but can Chelsea run back down the front? And then, 
both Chelsea's come over here. And then Chelsea, can you go and stand at the at the back there? And we're gonna we're gonna we're shifting the line to the right. So now all of a sudden, all of you who once were on the right side of the line, now you're on the left, you're with these guys. You're on the left. So all of a sudden, all of this stuff that we thought was acceptable, Jesus is now coming and saying, it's not just adultery. The line isn't here. The line is here. But then he keeps going. And he talks about murder. We're going, to shift, we're going to shift the line again, Chelsea. We're going to come right over. We're going to put the line right down the middle over here. Because you see, what the issue is, is Jesus is actually saying, Jesus is saying, just there, Chelsea, that's good. Jesus is actually saying, I'm over here. If you want to follow me, this is where, this is where I am. This is where, this is where I live. And so all of a sudden, they all started to freak out. And they say, how can we, how can we ever do that? We thought that all this was acceptable, but now it's like right over there. And so now we live in 2021 and we have the left and they come in and they go, all right, now Chelsea, we're going to come and we're going to go right over here. So come right over this side because those on the left say, well, this is not acceptable. That This is not acceptable that... that that all of you feel excluded, that you're on the wrong side of the line. So we're going we're gonna to shift the line over to, over to here, Chelsea. You need to keep up, Chelsea. <laughs> so now, yep, stay there. So now all of a sudden, all of you people, is, isn't this more tolerant? Because now all of you people are now acceptable. And so the left says, Let, I, but, but then it's still, oh, still you people. So let's just, let's just move a little bit further over to the left, Chelsea. Just not all the way, but just, just a little bit more. And so the left will spend their entire time. Yep, that'll do, Chelsea. <laughs> so all of a sudden, we've, we've opened our, our range of what's acceptable. But here's the thing. The left will still be so focused on where the line is. The religious right was so focused on making sure that no one touched the line, that no one crossed the line. Then Jesus came and pushed it way over there. And then the left have come and they try to push it way over there. But all of a sudden, we don't know where we're going. We don't know. We've got no one to follow. We've got no one to, because now everything is just acceptable. But Jesus is saying, come back to the middle. Jesus is actually saying, stop staring at the line and start looking at the person. He, he said he, he didn't come to, to change the law. He said he came to fulfill the law. So he wasn't actually shifting the line. But what he was doing, because he's talking to these religious people and he's saying, this is a journey. This is a, this is a destination. We're, 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 on a, we're not standing still. We're not stuck on the side of the road waiting until things happen. We're not stuck just staring at where the line is. The line is still there. But he's saying, stop looking at the line. Start looking at the driver. And he's also saying that you might be on this side of the line. But if you're facing this way, He's saying, your direction is going to determine your destination. So you might be on, on the right side of the line for now. But as you keep walking through 2021, if your direction is this way, there is going to come a time where you veer over to the left side of the rope and a crash is going to come. So he's not actually saying, like, he's using exaggerated language. And we see, oh, you know, you're in danger of the fires of hell if you get angry at someone so what he's saying is 
don't just look at the line. Look at the driver. Because even though they might be on this side, if they're facing that way, they're going to crash. But also, the amazing part is, is that all of you who were once unacceptable, who were once on the wrong side of the line, if you're facing towards Jesus, that although you may still feel unacceptable, although you may, all of a sudden, you keep walking in the direction that you are, and you're still going to end up at the feet of Jesus. So don't just look at the line. Look at the driver. Thanks, guys. You can grab your seats. Give them a round of applause. So all of a sudden, this changes our way of viewing things. So all of a sudden, we're not just looking at the line and saying, well, what's the measure of me being a good husband? Divorced, not divorced. That's the line. says it in God's Word. That's what I'm going to follow. As long as I'm not divorced, I'm good. Instead, Jesus is saying, no, stop looking at the line. The measure should actually be, do I actually want to veer towards my wife? Does she want to veer towards me? Do we actually want to spend time together? All of a sudden, the line of what's a good marriage is, am I facing her? Is she facing me? Are we going in the same direction? That it's not about following the line, that my anger issues is not, have I killed anyone, have I not killed anyone? It's how can I walk away from that red room of anger and start at least to walk towards the open green fields of God's grace? Because we know that if we start to walk towards grace, towards forgiveness, towards love, that that's where Jesus is going to be. We may not be able to see him, but we know where he is. We know that that's where he's headed. And so if we walk in that direction, we will find that we end up at the foot of Jesus. So, our declaration too is, I won't look at the line. I will look at the driver. Number three, I can't hear him. Now, I think the number one reason that people often walk away from God is that they enter into a relationship with someone who's not leading them towards God. And so they end up walking away from God, from church, I think that's probably the number one way. I think possibly the number two way is the pace of life, that we get so caught up in in the pace of life. Everything is so busy and we get so caught up and we get so paralyzed that our faith just kind of stands on the edge of that footpath waiting for a gap. That we manage to to fit in the sport, that we manage to, to fit in the job, that we manage to fit in this and that, but kind of when it comes to our faith, it kind of gets left on the side of the road because the pace is just too much for us. But I think the third reason and the reason that most people come in to see me about because people don't really want to ask me about the first reason or the second reason. But the reason that comes to me most often is that people can't hear God. So they're just like, well, either he's not there or he doesn't want to speak to me. But either way, I don't know what I'm doing in 2021 because I can't hear him. So I'll just bow out. I'll just let this go. And so people that can't hear him, there's a block that causes them not to be able to move forward. And so again, we're going to read in our final scripture for today, again from the Gospel of Matthew, 
that's going to help us to walk in the ways of Jesus in 2021 is Matthew 7, starting at verse 7. He says this, Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. And I'm sure that many of you have read this passage before. I'm sure that many of you have prayed this passage before. as kind of like your, um, your way of saying God really should answer your prayers. But I don't think that we read this correctly. At least I haven't generally read it in the way that it's actually written. Here's the way that I think that I read it and that I interpret it into my life. Ask and keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. And maybe a door will eventually open. You see, we don't understand that there's actually three different things here. We read it all as the same thing. And so we just keep on asking without being aware of actually what our destination is. You see, you need to know where you are if you're going to work out where you need to go. I don't know if you've ever been, you know, to one of those maps and different things, you know, and you might be on a hike or you might just you know, be in a shopping center or whatever, and you got this store that you want to get to in the shop, and you're like, I want to end up there. But if you don't know where you are, you don't know whether to turn right or turn left or or do whatever, because you need to know where you are. So that's why the most important thing, like for taking that first step, leaving the map and taking that next step is to know where you are. So we need to know where we are. That as we enter into 2021, we need to know where we are. We know where the destination is. The destination is at the feet of Jesus. But we need to know where we are to know the next step that we are to take. And this passage actually gives us the clue, but I don't think that we understand this passage. So I'm going to try and, again, visually show it to you. So... Belinda, if I can get you to come up on the stage, and you three girls, if I can get you to come up onto the stage as well. So, in this analogy, again, this is, we won't make a habit of this, but you're God again, like you were God the other day, and uh, you're going to be ask, you're going to be seek, and you're going to be knock. Okay, so... Your aim is to be able to follow and walk in the same way that Belinda does, right? Okay, so who, who was this again? Ask. Okay, so if you're asking something, if you're asking a question, uh, it means that you can, you know, you can kind of see the person, you can hear them because you're, you're asking the question. So you can stand right here. Uh, who was this? Seek. Okay, who's ever played hide and seek? You kind of know the principle that if you're seeking something, it means that you can't see where the person is. So, Shivani, I want you to go up the back, just behind where Ron is sitting, in the middle there, okay? And go down on your hands and knees on the ground. Okay, because you're seek. So she can't see God, so she's seeking. Okay. Mercedes. What was Mercedes? Knock. Okay. What, when do you need to knock? When the door is shut. So Mercedes, see that back room at the back there? Can you go into that back room, please? <laughs> Because she can't see or hear where God is. And you see, this was, 
You need to understand what, what, what is actually happening here, the depth of, of what, what God is doing. Because this was the exact setup of the temple. Where Mercedes is, that's where all the non-Jewish people were. They were on the outside. They weren't allowed into the temple. And then where Shivani is, that is like uh, the, the Jewish females and um, every man who was too dumb, who wasn't accepted into where, you know, to be a rabbi. They weren't allowed in. So that, that's where they were. And then the priest was allowed in closer into the temple. And then, I'm the high priest. Uh, the high priest, once a year, was allowed right in into the Holy of Holies. And so what Jesus is actually, is actually doing is he's actually saying, there is a way, because there was no way, once you were in that category, however you were born, whatever your situation was, there was no hope of you ever crossing any one of those lines. There was no hope of you ever doing anything to remove those barriers to get to follow and, and feel the love of God. But in this passage, Jesus is actually saying there is a way for you to follow me. There is a way where you can see me, you can hear me, you can feel me. But again, we need to know where we are. So asking, once we're in this position, we're in a great position because we can ask God, we can see him, we can hear him. But Shivani back here, she can't see where God is, so it's harder for her to follow. So she needs to seek. She can't ask questions. But too often in this situation, we ask, where are you, God? I can't see you. And we spend our whole lives asking questions when if we knew where we were, we would knew what we were supposed to do. We're supposed to seek him in that place. We need to seek after God. If you're in that place, there is hope for you. If you can't see God right now, and there will be a time coming in 2021 where you can't see God. But I guarantee you that if you seek Him, this word says that you will find Him. Just don't ask questions back there and expect an answer. You're supposed to be seeking. And then Paul Mercedes right in the back. And some of you, that's exactly where you feel as though you are outside of God's presence, outside of God's love, with no hope, you're on the outer. And I guarantee you that at some stage in 2021, you're going to feel as though you're right where Mercedes is right now. You can't see him, you can't hear him. But don't spend your life, don't spend your 2021 asking God when you simply need to knock. You need to knock and knock and knock. And this word says it guarantees that the door will be open to you. That although that in the Old Testament there was no way for anyone to cross through those barriers to, to come forward to be with Jesus, that because of the cross, he has made a way. He has made a way. You three girls can sit down and give him a clap. You need to stay right where you are, though, Belinda. Because here's the thing. The reason that Peter was able to so quickly drop his nets and follow after Jesus and the reason that you're going to be able to follow after Jesus in 2021 was because Jesus said and did something that was amazing. You see, a rabbi at the age of 30 could start to make rabbis of their own. And a rabbi with authority was a different category of rabbi. And they were able to, 
to see Scripture. They had the authority to see Scripture in a different way. And so when Jesus comes and he says these words to Peter, it was the words that he'd longed to hear as that 12-year-old boy. Because they were, that was the exact phrase that a rabbi would use to call those people in to, to be a rabbi themselves. So he says, come, follow me. Jesus was 30. Some people said that he was a rabbi with authority. He teaches as one who has authority. Because he not only saw Scripture in a way that no one had seen it before, but he saw people in a way that no one had ever looked at them before. When the world looked at Peter, they saw a failure. They saw someone too dumb who wasn't good enough. But when Jesus saw Peter, he said, I'm accepted. You're accepted in me. That those words, come follow me, actually carry such a weight that as Jesus says this to you in 2021, it is a call of your acceptance. And right now, under your seat, you have elements. You have a little cup of, of grape juice and a little bit of bread. And in a moment, we're going to take communion together. And what communion is, is it's actually saying that no longer do you get to be on the outside where you can't see me and you can't hear me. No longer do you need to be crying down on your hands and knees in a place where you can't see me. No longer do you even need to be in this place where you can see and hear. That you actually get to be in a place where you can feel me. Where I'm actually going to be on the inside of you. Because then, even if I am blind, even if I can't see or hear anything, that then when Jesus takes a step, I still know exactly where to go. This is where we need to be. And this is what communion offers us. You see, the different levels that we talked about spoke about proximity and closeness, didn't it? You need to know where you are to need to know the next step. But here's the amazing thing. The amazing thing about wherever you are, about identifying where you are and identifying where your next step is, is that what happened... I should have thought about this before. This could be a huge dramatic thing. Mercedes, can you go back into that room? Sorry, Mercedes. You can take your elements with you. Because here's the thing. Even if you're right on the outer, even if you're in that place where you feel as though you're rejected, you're so far away from God, and Mercedes, if you can knock... What happened, the moment that Jesus died, the moment that his blood was shed and his body was broken, which is what you're holding, which is what is represented in your hands. The Holy Spirit didn't just say, now you can make your way, now you can make your journey through, you can take every step and make all your way up to here. No, the veil was torn from top to bottom to signify that the presence of the living God is going to come to you. It's coming to you right where you are, that if you just take one step, there is no work that you have to do. There's nothing that you need to achieve, that the Spirit of the living God is coming to you and is opening that door and is saying, come and be with me because I'm coming to be with you. 
I will cross any barrier. I will do anything to come and be where you are. I hear your knock. I hear your cries. I hear the desires of your heart. So right now, would you all like to stand? And we're going to take communion together. And I want this communion to be a declaration that in 2021, we are going to walk with our God. That we're going to actually walk so closely that although there may be times when we can't see Him, where we can't hear Him, where we can't feel Him, that He actually has us by the hand and He is still leading us on. That this is why communion is so powerful because it represents that He's not that far from us. He's not that far from us. He's not even this far from us. That He's actually inside of us. And there is nothing that need lead us off the path that we can follow and walk with Him throughout 2021. So where are you in your walk? As we take this communion together, are you knocking? Are you knocking on the door? He hears you. Are you seeking? Are you seeking after him? He He's seeking after you. Are you asking? He hears you. He hears the cry of your heart. Will you take that next step and allow him to lead you through your 2021? So, Father, as we now hold in our hands these elements that represent your broken body and your shed blood for us. We thank you that it made a way, that it, it came after us. You came after us. When we felt alone, when we felt isolated, when we felt as though we were on the outside. We thank you that now we get to be on the inside with you as we take these elements inside our bodies, it's a visual representation of how you are inside our life, steering us, leading us, guiding us into all that 2020 has. Father, we remember you and your sacrifice and what it meant for us that we now get to be as close to you as we desire to be. Lord, give us a desire, birth within us a desire to be as close to you as you desire to be close to us. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.